Mindheart Talks is all about powerful conversations on what it takes to create a fulfilling life and fulfilling intimate relationships. In order to kick off the show, I thought it might be great for you to get to know me a little bit more, what I do as a relationship coach and how I got here. So today, the first interview um, will be with me. What is a relationship coach for men? Tell me a bit about that. Tell us a bit about that and what you do. Yeah, so I'll start with what it's not. Um, I'm not a dating coach for men, so I don't help men pick up or go on dates or how they should update their um, Tinder or Hinge profiles, whatever it is these days. However, what I teach men, even if they're single men who are coming into the program, is how to be more attractive to women, how to connect with women more. And it's not with any tools or tricks or, you know, different manipulation strategies, but it's to be more connected with themselves. So they bring in the right woman into their life because for men, it's actually very easy um, to meet the right woman, to find love. Um, So for single men, that's what I do. But essentially, um, my the purpose of my business is to help men save their marriage, to create um, a passionate, lasting connection so that they can grow in love together um, and avoid divorce. Right. So it seems to me to be a very niche area that you're focusing on. Um, you've obviously spoken to a lot of men in the process as well. Um, what made you kind of delve into this area in the first place? Yeah, so I never would have thought that I would be a relationship coach for men. Um, My background is in business, it's in marketing, it's in media. um, And I used to work um, in enterprise sales with a lot of CEOs. So I was always dealing with men in my career. I worked in football, automotive, software. So really male-dominated industries um, and also in media, right? So, you know, I had a business. um, So quite masculine energy that I was around all the time from, you know, being a young female. Um, And along the side of that, um, I also went on my own personal development journey because my life sort of looked like a little bit of a vision board, um, but it felt empty. I can reflect back and say, it's almost like I had no emotions at a certain point. Um, Okay. And to cut a long story short, a friend asked me to go travel overseas with her. I packed up my life um, because that's how, you know, sort of emotionless I felt at the time. And that sort of opened up a whole new path of self-discovery, right? You know, why do we do the things that we do? Why am I living this life? What do I want? Is it just about like creating success and ticking off my goals? So, you know, going to Europe, living there just opened me up to another way of life. Um, I told you this is not going to (laughs) be a short story. Um, So after that, I ended up moving to Sydney. I grew up in Melbourne after living in London and I started to get back into my corporate career. Okay. And I realized that a lot of my male colleagues, uh, bosses, clients, um, top CEOs, big business owners would start to confide in me about how they felt that they were stressed and it just sort of seemed that even if they sort of come from nothing and they've built themselves up and they had everything on a material level they've achieved the success that they wanted their mindset was sort of at the initial place of lack 
and of stress and unhappiness. Right. And you mentioned stress there actually led me to my next point. You know, 2023, you know, it's all, everyone's very busy, busy, busy in mm -hmm. society this, this day and age. Um, what do you attribute the relationships, you know, fr from a male perspective, um, can you attribute a lot of that to stress in, or in, in the breakdown of a relationship perhaps? How much of it would you attribute to um, psychology um, or over science, so to speak? So all relationships that initially start with being love relationships, like, you know, you fall in love with your wife, um, all those relationships break down due to stress and only stress. Um, it's the only theory that, not theory, but it's the only thing that really fits the mold because love doesn't disappear. It doesn't fade away. You're always connected to that person. I mean, meeting that one person out of 8 billion people there's got to be a little bit more. Has to, to be it, something, right? yeah, yeah. And stress is the thing that tends to break down relationships um, for a few reasons. Men and women cope with stress differently. This is based on our nervous system, based on biology, and based on conditioning. So when a man and woman live together in captivity, um, which has not been natural or normal for un until only recently, um, especially in non-transactional relationships where it's not like a business arrangement which mm. is what marriage has been also for many years yeah right? very much so, so 2023 um we've got a lot of stress we've got men and women living in captivity with different bodies biology nervous systems so when the pressure is on we get squeezed and we react differently so women are expecting their husband to act like their girlfriends right and yeah and that's not what they're attracted they to. They haven't kind of transitioned into that next phase um, in terms of their mindset of how they perceive the relationship to be. Well, yeah, and they just don't understand why their partner acts a certain way and neither does the man because hmm. um, usually men under stress, you know, when they come back from work, they want to switch off. They want to forget about the day, maybe opening the paper, watching TV um, or just kind of forgetting about it. And that's actually how a man reduces their stress in short term. And that's how they rebuild their testosterone as well. Whereas a woman um, might have a stressful day at work or anywhere, and she wants to come home and she wants to connect, right? She wants mm. to vent. That's how she releases her stress. Yep. So these two things are quite incompatible, but Clash, yeah, yeah it's, it's our biology. Mm. So I guess, you know, having spoken to so many men um, and their experiences. I guess you touched on it before as well, but paint a picture of, you know, the, the type of men. Is there like a particular, you know, group of men that, you know, have relationship issues or need help in confiding in their partner? Or do you find that it's just, there's no label to it. It's just, you know, a vast group of men that, you know, need help. I think all men need help, right? Okay. Um, at different levels because we're still understanding what this new relationship is, right? With different cultures, with different, you know, sexes, with a man and woman and how to keep that relationship going um, over a lifetime. Mm. I don't think past generations have ever done this before. Yeah. So this is a new frontier of people wanting lasting love, connection, passion, right? Not yep. just to buy a house, have kids and yep. then pass away after yeah. they pay taxes, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we've been 
traditionally conditioned to go to that script, you know, yeah. uh, meet the love of your life, you know, buy the house, um, sorry, yeah, buy the house, you know, have kids and then live happily ever after. But things don't always go according, according to script. And I think, um, you know, one thing that you touched on there is you need to be able to kind of adapt. Both partners need to be able to adapt at different phases of, mm -hmm. of life. And I think this is the, you know, where a lot of relationships can come unstuck or the stress starts to creep in because if you're not on the same page, then it's very difficult to have that connection. So relationships are challenging as it is, mm -hmm. but to be able to adapt in different phases, you know, whether it's getting a new job, yeah. um, you know, whether it's um, starting a new passion or a hobby, everything, you know, subliminally affects the other partner as well yeah. and sometimes because any change is tension right and that stress yeah. even if it's a good stress right if someone starts to have a big breakthrough in their business and becomes really successful a lot of those marriages fail as well so it's not just the negative stress but um it's just change basically yeah. you're right so it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative aspect of life it can be something positive that's happened in life um, but because it's created that change, then it you know just kind of disrupts that script, so mm -hmm. to speak. So yep. it causes that difficulty. Um, you know, I, I guess I can kind of resonate. And look, that's why I kind of initially connected with you as well. Mm -hmm. um, because I had that resonance and I thought, okay, well, this sounds very interesting in what you do. And I was, you know, keen to delve a little bit deeper to see, you know, how that kind of mindset came about. Um, and I think um, it is a very common issue these days, you know, especially for men. Um, to be able to, you know, continuously adapt to a relationship. So I guess, you know, with, um, you know, one of the things that I've read in what you do is uh, the mind, heart, life mastery. I guess, tell us a bit about that, um, you know, describe what it is and mm -hmm. give us a bit of an idea how that kind of, um, how that kind of, that pattern kind of can resonate to someone's relationship, a man's relationship. Yeah. So um, my program is called the mind, heart method. Um, and it's there's three phases of it, um, which you touched on. So the mind is the first phase, right? It's like level one, where we start to unpack the emotional baggage, um, where a man starts to understand his mind and how to control or how to work with his thoughts and emotions. Because men have never been told what to do with their emotions. Uh, for centuries they've expressed them and that's been quite violent um, and, and it's still today very violent. We have a huge domestic violence um, issue in Australia. We've still got wars going on um, and, and this is not in any way blaming men. It's just there's never been another outlet um, and now what's really common, I would say particularly in Australia as well, is men repress or suppress their emotions mm. and this is really unhealthy for a man's health. Right, so both of these are really unhealthy. But so, where is what is a man to do with his emotions? It's almost like they have to bottle it in for so long to a yep. point where there's no other outlet, um, and it just kind of you know comes unstuck when something you know bad happens or goes down. Yeah, um, and then you know that can be to the detriment of a, of the relationship and the lasting of it as well. And it usually is. So, so what a man does with all of this, because he's got all of this in him and he may not understand what's going on, yeah. but he keeps himself at a distance from his wife and from his children. So this creates avoidance and women really need connection. But if a man has all of this negative emotion going on, it's like he creates space. So what we do in the first level is we start to clear the basement out. We start to clear out the 
the garage and the guy begins to let it go. So if he's gone through something painful, if it's been a really long-term relationship, um, we need to let go of the baggage to understand Mm. himself, why this has happened um, before he can start to learn you know, the next phase, which is the heart, right? Which is relationship skills, which is how to connect, which is how to create uh, lasting attraction, magnetism um, and love. You know, even if he's been with the same woman all of his life, right? Um, It's still possible to feel the same way about someone, um, pretty much the same as you first met them. Yep. So I guess another thing that I read as well, and this was very I was very interested in kind of hearing your thoughts on this is instant EQ how does a man obtain this because it seems like a bit of a secret to the whole recipe of a successful relationship yes um that's a good one um so it's really hard to teach a man or someone who's very left brain so most men are a little bit more left brain logical you mm. know even a man's brain works differently to a woman's brain mm. um there's different gray matter there's different wh- white matter it's based on thousands of years of survival and the nervous system right yep the way that we live now is extremely new and our nervous system and our biology hasn't really adapted um i don't know if it should but That's currently what's going on. Um, So the reason why my program works really well is because I teach men how to access um, their gut instinct or their intuition, right? right? Um, So they don't have to share their whole life story. This is not therapy, even though we use very therapeutic tools. Um, And this is the way that they can understand a completely different species that lives with them which is their wife, right? Because, um, you know, as we've touched on, our biology is different, our reactions are different, particularly under stress. Mm. So I teach men a tool, which is how to tap into instant intuition, how you can literally step into your wife's shoes. I know Mm. that can sound a bit scary and know what she's feeling and thinking. So you don't have to try and logically understand a woman because to be honest, that's very difficult. Yeah. Right? Almost impossible at times. Yeah. I'd imagine. So a man doesn't have to be sensitive, emotional. He doesn't mm. have to be a woman, but yeah. he has a tool where he can tap into her energy to tap right. into understanding and have empathy for someone. Yeah. Um, it's accessing a part of their brain, uh, which is not logical. So it's tapping into a creative part of your brain. Right. And anyone can do it. Yeah. Okay. And I guess what I was going to ask is, is it because, is this why men constantly lose themselves in a relationship? Is it because they try and tap into this logic too much and unsuccessfully because that is not the right way to go about it? Um, look, some men lose themselves in a relationship. Um, I don't know if men, if that's the word, it's more often, especially when they've been married for a while, they have kids, they sacrifice themselves to their work, to their family, um, to the needs, to providing, to all these types of things. And the way they cope with stress is to disconnect from their emotions, right? Yep. Difficult things, they disconnect, they switch off, yep. which works short term. It worked for, you know, the hunter ancestors. It was yep. great when you're out trying to kill something and switching off from fear. Great. But it's a bit of a band-aid solution, isn't it? Well, it's a band-aid and it doesn't mm. work when you're living... Um, with a woman, right? So there's so much to this. I almost lost my trail of thoughts. Um, So essentially in in terms of losing yourself, um, it's about 
the man reconnecting to himself, mm. right? And we've got all these different things society's telling us now where, you know, masculinity is wrong, where you have to be less avoidant, where you have to talk to your partner. But a lot of these things actually drop a man's testosterone. So it's not his happy hormone to constantly be sharing his feelings. Yeah. Um, it can weaken his drive. It can make his partner less attractive to him. So it's not so much about being the man that she wants him to be. It's about him rediscovering his self and trusting himself again so that he can be the leader in the relationship because that's his role. Yeah. And I guess, you know, from experience, you know, having come from a relationship that broke down mm -hmm. with, with kids involved as well, um, one of the things, you know, after it had all happened, one of the things that I looked back on was how much had I changed after the relationship mm -hmm. compared to before the relationship or yeah. at the very beginning of the relationship. And it was outstanding. Like it was just so much that, you know, you change over time. It was obviously a culmination of, um, you know, growth and, you know, aging as well and maturity coming in, but also, you know, the fact that you've spent so long with someone mm -hmm. that you've intrinsically become and, you know, think like them, become like them because you're yeah. so, um, you are constantly trying to, you know, fit into their shoes and think from their, uh, you know, their perspective. And it's just, you know, and I'd imagine that the longer you are with someone, you know, the, 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 the bigger that is the case as well. I mean, I guess, does your program kind of help to, for men to kind of reconnect with themselves, find out who they really are again, and then be able to put aside that trauma if they have gone through a breakup to kind of, you know, let their guard down for another relationship in the future? Yeah, and, and so that's the third phase and it's all about life mastery. So this is about a man's purpose, what they're here to do. Um, and every man has a purpose. And if a man isn't clear on his purpose, on what he does out in the world, he can't really be the man at home, right? This is an, an important component of a woman feeling attracted to him as well because he has direction, because he has drive, because he has that masculine energy. Um, but at the same time, if a man is too externally driven um, and he doesn't have the nurturing in his home life, then he's using a lot of his energy and resources to push, mm. right? So that's why a lot of entrepreneurs can have burnout because they neglect their relationship. They don't have that, you know, for males, they don't have that woman at home bringing them back into balance with their hearts, right? So that's why my program is the mind heart method, because for a man, it's connecting their minds and their hearts. And that's really the next step in evolution for us as a human species um, and for men, because masculine energy without heart um, can cause a lot of damage, right? It's, it's like technology. Mm. Is it good or is it bad? Well, it depends in whose hands and what level of consciousness yep. um, they're in. You know, are, are they just in their mind? Are they in their hearts? Yeah. Right? Th these, these are the consequences. Yeah. And would you say that masculine energy without any emotion or empathy is very much what we term toxicity in this society? I really hate the term toxic masculinity because if someone said toxic femininity. Mm. Um, How do you define that? Look, I've worked in male-dominated industries. Um, my background is Ukrainian. Um, so Russian-Ukrainian culture is when the right. man is very masculine. Yeah. And yes, of course, there, there's a lot of unfairness. There's a lot of injustice and, you know, things that I've had to work through myself. 
but I think using the word toxic to describe masculinity because in, instead of just the behaviors mm. um, is really starting to confuse men. So it's yeah. taking away their leadership. Um, so real masculine energy, um, masculinity, or even if we talk about this as a hormone, you know, testosterone, it's, it's drive, it's action, it's uh, protection, um, it's providing, it's all these beautiful things that you need for a family, that you, a, a woman not only wants, she craves it, right? Yeah, and that's it. I think that the, the, the term toxic masculinity has been misconstrued um, a lot these days. Um, and it's kind of sad that that is the case because I feel like, you know, that the, the role of a man or the perception of it has changed over time. Um, and I know, you know, that you mentioned before that obviously, you know, for a man, testosterone is, is key to him feeling that masculinity. Um, so I guess, you know, what I'd like to know is in terms of the men that, you know, obviously come to you and to, you know, obviously to endeavor in your program, they've obviously identified the need to do that, right? So the, the step that they've taken is an action step. Is there a point in their relationship that they come to you or do you feel like it's just is it better to kind of approach you at the very start of an issue or issues starting to surface in a relationship or do you feel like some men leave it a little bit too late to approach you know yourself i don't think it's ever too late and and this is something really new um so i feel that most men do work with me at the point where things are feeling really they're feeling really cornered because what they've done before this is pretty much avoidance maybe they've done some couples therapy um and and therapy usually doesn't work for men long term mm. right so it's at the point where they're at the brink of divorce or they want to even though they love their wife they want to run away they're avoiding her they they don't know what else to do yep. um and you know if, if if I could do this with younger men, um, that would be my dream. I think that's amazing because there's just so many misconceptions that we get about relationships, um, about love, about connection, and it's based on Hollywood and pornography. That's mm. most men's education and, and maybe looking at their parents. Yeah. Um, so at best, they're sort of just guessing um, what's going on. But, but usually a man to do the program, he needs to take initiative. So he needs yep. to take masculine energy, hmm. right? Which requires okay. some vulnerability. Yep. He needs to open up. He needs to acknowledge. He needs to share. But then he needs to commit to himself, yep. right? And he needs to have a level of confidence that he is able to create the change that he wants for himself in his life. Right. So really is identifying the need to obviously, you know, take that path and, and obviously change for the better. Um, one of the things you mentioned before, um, you know, uh, to do with age, is there a specific age bracket that you find that men approach you in terms of, you know, wanting to obviously, you know, to to reconnect with their partner? Yeah. You, look, usually the men that I work with, they're mature minded, right? They've, mm. they've usually been married. So even if they're late 30s, it's probably the youngest men mm. that I work with in the mind heart method. It doesn't say that I wouldn't work with younger men. Um I would love to, but usually men come to this stage after having kids, after being in a long-term relationship, or maybe, you know, recently married, but already starting to feel disillusioned. Mm. So um, most commonly it's men in their 40s right, yeah, or late 30s. Okay. 
Um, I know that I know that a lot of the focus has been on men who are obviously going through difficult relationships um, and trying to kind of, you know, see that silver lining. But what about for those men, perhaps such as me, that have actually gone through the breakup and have separated? Um, what do you offer in terms of you know men like us? Yeah, no, I th- I think it's so good for a man after he's had a breakup or a separation um, to do this program because the thing is with men they can sort of move on on a physical level quite quickly, even if that means uh, jumping into a relationship, right? Because for a man to have a woman's energy, right, to have those kinds of hormones around him is very life-giving. It's nurturing. Mm, Um, My premise is that um, a relationship, a committed, um, monogamous, loving relationship is really the container for a man's growth success in the world, right um so it's really important that a man doesn't stay single for too long Mm. he needs time to recover of course or doesn't stay a bachelor too long yeah and um that's something that scares me that's actually something that i've thought about recently Mm -hmm. so i've been separated for two years to the day almost yeah um and i was just doing some recollection the other day i was like wow that's actually the longest that i've ever been single um don't get me wrong it's it's great how's it it feeling it's interesting it's given me the opportunity to really grow in the two years as well um my own personal journey it started as with any kind of separation it started obviously very difficult um a lot of you know uh looking into oneself Mm -hmm. what you know what one could have done to make things better or to you know to go down uh, the, the other path um Personal uh, situation was a bit, little bit more complex because there was obviously kids involved. Mm-hmm. Um, got very messy um, in terms of, you know, having to go through to family court as well for custody. Emotionally, it was very draining. Mentally, it was very draining. Um, you know, mental health was very weak leading up to the breakdown of the relationship. For me, it was very um, difficult. And look, that obviously mm-hmm. played a part in the, the breakdown as well. Uh, but then it was like a bit of a light bulb moment. I, I really can't explain it, but once the separation happened, I almost told myself I needed to wake up yeah. and really look after myself because I had always been the kind of person that was very giving in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave so much mm-hmm. um, to the point where I felt like I almost lost myself, yeah. um, my, my values, my core intrinsic values. And that effectively brought out a, a, a lesser version of me, mm-hmm. uh, not my best version. So for me, you know, after the separation, I was able to reassess and look, I'm I'm usually a very emotional person, but I was able to really tap into my logical side. Yeah. Um, and I was able to kind of assess my situation, um, not just in terms of relationship, but also career as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, relationships you know in terms of friendships every relationship that i had um and everything in terms of spirituality um and just mental health a focus on mental health Mm -hmm. was the biggest thing um i was able to kind of identify what i needed to do and lay the foundation there in the first few months after the breakup um to which i'm still doing now and look health and fitness was a big part of that um for me i felt that if I felt that I, I looked better, felt mm-hmm. better, it would intrinsically help me just be a better version of myself as well. Um, I've managed to lose 30 kilos in the process, which I'm quite proud of. 
um, because that's not an easy thing to do. And for me, I'm constantly telling myself as well that it's a work in progress. I don't think anyone ever wants to stagnate in, in life. No. I think you always want to feel like you're improving, you're getting better in every aspect and facet of life as well. Um, so for me, look, it's it's been a great journey. And look, I guess for me, in a very roundabout kind of way, that the separation for me personally was one of the best things that happened to me because it really was a wake-up call for me. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I'm mindful as well. Um, I never wanted to be that guy that was, you know, single in their in their mid to late thirties. Um, I always saw myself as, and this was probably looking at my parents and looking yeah. at them as a bit of a pinnacle in relationships. Um, you know, wanting to be that guy that had the kids, had the family. You know, going to that script that we spoke about before, um, and having that partner in life that you can share every experience and facet of life with. Um, didn't quite go to script, mm-hmm. but in saying that, look, I, I think. You know, ideally, the the main goal for me is to find that you know that that special person to share life with. But and I, I think that's such a great goal to have because not a lot of young men would necessarily say that right now because there's a huge culture of, mm. I think, this dating world of like trying to manipulate women and and trying to validate self based on ego or external things, and that's taking you so away from real masculinity yeah right which is needing that yeah female energy and, and coming together yeah for me i find i don't like dating at all mm-hmm. i really find it quite i don't know intrusive almost because yeah. you're letting yourself letting a lot of people know about yourself and i'm a very yeah. i'm generally a very you know when it comes to emotions and stuff i generally try to keep it as private as i can i don't really speak about you know the stuff inside of me yeah it's another one of my weaknesses so i've got to work <laughs> on that but I guess for me, I've struggled with dating because it's never something that I've done. I've always fallen into a relationship yeah. and I've made it happen for a sustainable amount of time. So it's been Well, an I think the people that are good at dating, I don't know if this is a good quality because it means that you're really good at impressing other people on a surface level, but you're never really going into real intimacy, which is why you're saying you're not good at dating because what you're looking for is intimacy. Mm. You're looking for a deeper connection, a connection yeah. which you won't have that with every single person. So exactly. I actually see that um, as a good thing. Yeah. And um, I think that that's, you know, that's one of the things I'm really focusing on. So whilst I'm well aware that you know, it's been two years, I also know that these aren't things that you can rush into as well. Yep. Um, so for me, look, it's, it's obviously identifying, um, you know, the, 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 the right connection, um, but also the key to it is not letting my past experiences mm-hmm. affect, you know, a potential next relationship as well. Which yes. I think, so. I think that would be the saddest thing to come out of it. Yeah. If, if I really, you know, put my wall up. Yes. Um, and really block someone worthy of entering my life. Um, so I'm we- yeah. very wary of that as well. Um, not letting that happen. But look, at the moment, look, I'm just kind of enjoying it for mm-hmm. what it is. Um, focusing on myself. Um, don't focus on yourself for too long though right yes and and i think it's such a good point that you mention and that takes a huge amount of self-awareness to say um i'm you know i've grown you've grown in the last two years you've sort of done your time you've done the deep work and you know pain is never in vain if we can transform it that's where we grow Mm. right that's where the magic happens but what happens to a lot of men after divorce or long-term breakup is they actually close themselves up from connection yeah it's which is sad it's really yeah. sad when that happens 
I've heard many stories of that happening and I don't want to be that guy. I really don't want to no. be that guy that loses all faith in, you know, finding the one. You know, I'm a bit of a old school, I wouldn't say romantic, but I'm a bit of an old, I have an old school mentality when it comes to things like that and when it comes to love and, and romance and, and whatnot. So I don't want to, I don't want my experience to, to take me down that path now where, no. where that happens. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm very mindful of that. And I think especially um, for younger men, either, you know, in your shoes who have been separated, divorced, or who have never really been in a long-term relationship and they're getting a lot of the narrative about personal development and personal growth, um, which I think is a great thing, but I think it can also cause men particularly to look too much into themselves, mm. right? Um and that's actually taking away their power because you can only grow to a certain level on your own. The real growth is going to start when someone else sees into you. That's exactly. where all your triggers come up. That's where your wounds come up. And then that is the real growth. Exactly. And that's what I realized when I got in touch with my, I guess, more of my spiritual side. You know, I started I started doing, in, doing things and looking into things that I never thought I would in my wildest yeah. imagination. You know, things like you know, angel numbers, twin flames, just reading up on it just because you know, my curiosity was peaked, so yeah. to say. And the more I read that, the more I kind of realized, okay, like there's so much more to life than, you know, just kind of, than just, just, you know, what we know of it. Mm -hmm. I think that there's so much to relationships to explore. And I think fundamentally you want to kind of share in the growth and the experiences with someone because that's when you're going to feel the most reward and fulfillment in life. At the end of the day, you know, however wealthy or however much success you attain, I think that it means nothing if you have no one to share it with. And I think, you know, that the best thing in life is being able to look back and say, I did this, but I did this with this person. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's always going to be the goal for me. So it is something that I am always, you know, constantly looking at uh, without also rushing into it as well. But look, the thing for me is the dynamics of what I'm looking for has changed now as well. Yeah. When I was a little bit younger, uh, when I, you know, obviously um, prior to meeting my ex-partner, I had a notion of what the uh, what I was looking for. But now that I have two beautiful kids, I've understood that my next relationship can be a little bit different now mm -hmm. because it. I always wanted kids, so I felt like I that relationship gave me that and fulfilled that requirement, although it didn't quite go to plan. I will always have the kids. But, but maybe it did go to plan. Exactly. And I think that's why I'm, I'm trying to be more positive about it as well. Like yeah. I would never regret anything about the relationship. And having the kids um, has given me another perspective on life. But in terms of a relationship, I now, you know, would be looking for someone that in terms of companionship, that things that I wouldn't really have looked for before, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, obviously goes, you know, with aging and maturity. But also because I have the children... It's not something that I, I don't necessarily need to look for someone that wants to have kids. Mm -hmm. I can just have, look for someone. I can hone in on what I'm looking for because it can be someone that I might just want to do fun things with, like and go for a run you know, with. Or, you what know. the interesting thing is about what you're saying, it's like I think it's really great to understand what we want in a partner and have this sort of life vision, right? Yep. But I think when we narrow too, too much into what we want in a partner, um, we feel like we have a lot of control over this because how we are attracted to someone and the initial person we meet is usually, I think some comedians say this, that's a representative. Yeah. 
right? We only really get to know different layers and levels of a person until honestly we're living with them. Pretty much. Right? You so don't know who you with you until know. you live with them. And people change every seven years. Our cells, we're mm. a completely new body every seven years. Yeah. So we don't know what we're going to get. And it's actually our subconscious mind mm. that chooses the partner. Yeah. We have very little control. Yeah. Um, because love isn't like this formula connection why two people are attracted. Mm. Um, from a lot of the attraction theories, uh, love theories, you know, none of them are complete. Yeah. Um, but the one that I resonate most with and the one that I work with is that our partner – you know, the person we meet that we have this deep connection with mm. um, is actually a mix of our core caregivers. So usually our mother and father, mm. the good and the bad qualities, what we're attracted to initially, and then what is going to trigger our wounds, mm. right? To bring them up and to heal them. Mm. So essentially we're looking to be whole. And if we start to reframe it in, you know, this person is doing this, mm. they're wrong. If we start to look at this person as our mm. mirror, it's not the same. Yeah. It's the opposite. Mm. And it's pushing those buttons that, you know, are unhealed to, yeah. to bring them up. And that's what I learned reading into Twin Flames. Yeah. That mirror image, that mirror person that can really bring you out of your comfort zone, um, expose all your vulnerabilities, but that is what you also need to grow and develop and obviously to, you know to share that experience with someone so yeah look like i said it was i was never expecting to kind of go down that path and read into all these things but initially when i did you know obviously after the, the post breakup I, I started reading into these things and um it kind of set the set the pathway yeah. set paved that paved it for me um like i said in in conjunction with my health and fitness as well um because i really felt like I just wanted to get more attuned to to my feminine side as well. Not that I was ever too masculine. I think mm -hmm. I've always had a feminine side in me. I think that's just the cancerian in me coming out. Yeah, I'm a cancerian um, as well. Really? Yeah. There you yeah. go. What so, day should so I dare can ask? Cancerian men tend to be very emotional. Cancerians yeah, are emotional in general. Yeah. Um, but all men and women have a masculine and feminine side. But there is like a per perfect balance um, to be maintained for a monogamous connection between a man and a woman. Um, and usually when I work with men in relationship, that balance has gone, they've gone more into their feminine and they can be, you know, directors, they can be quite blokey, mm. uh, but some of their behaviors have uh, become more of feminine nature, which is more passive, uh, more go with the flow. They're no longer taking leadership in the relationship. So the polarity starts to go, it becomes imbalanced and this creates stress in the right. world. That stress, yeah. Right. So, so everyone has their blueprint of in their relationship how much feminine, how much masculine energy they should have. Yeah. Um, and that's what I also give men so they can navigate their relationship mm. a little bit more. And it, it's unique to everyone, but you know, ideally, from from what I've seen and and what I, um, I guess my premise, you know, none mm. of this is there's not clinical studies on this, but. It's related to the nervous system. It's our hormones. So when we mm. talk about energy, our energy body, it's related to our emotions and our hormones. Yep. So this is physical as well. Um, perfect balance is for a man to be 60% masculine, 40% feminine. Um, right. A woman okay. to be 60% feminine um, and 40% masculine. And, you know, it can shift a little bit, but that's the general yeah. gist of things. And when it becomes um, kind of like Dutch or... 
50-50, mm. that's when you get your companions or your roommates. Right. Right. Okay. When it becomes in the other direction, um, you know, a woman becomes more masculine. She feels like his mum and mm. no one wants to have sex yeah. with their mum. Exactly. Right? That kind of vibe. Um, or if a man is too much in their masculine, right, they don't have any, they're not in touch with their feminine energy at all. Um, this can also be a really challenging relationship mm. for a woman. Um because it's very hard to connect. Yeah. There can be a lot of attraction, um, but it is very hard to be in a relationship with this kind of man. So it's really important for him to open up his heart and to create that empathy and to actually know how to relate to a woman on that level. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, that's definitely something that um, you learn over time as well. I think that experience helps. Um, and I think, you know, for, for a relationship, there's so many moving parts to it that you need experiences. And I'm, like I said before, I'm actually glad that I had the experience that I had, um, because it's, it's evolved me in terms of, um, relationships and, and really given me an idea of what not to look for and, and what I should be looking for as well. So it's, I think, yeah, I think relationships are always going to be challenging, but I think there's no bigger reward than a relationship that's mm -hmm. you know, fulfilling. Yeah. So. A hundred percent. That's our new frontier in evolution, mm. right? It's it's relationships, it's love, it's the heart connection. Um, it's how, you know, men and women are, are going to live or whoever it is, non-man, non-woman. But if that breaks down, our whole society is going to break down. Yeah, very right? much so, yeah. There is no happy in love man who is has a fulfilling relationship and then declares to go to war yeah that, that doesn't exist mm. okay and and the opposite as well like if a couple is happy and connected there will be no abuse there will be no violence there will not even be stealing off another person because you're so fulfilled it's just a happier life and connected. happier world yeah in general so love so makes think, the world go around yeah i i think relationships you know this you know this micro um the micro is how we sort of sort out the macro right if we can't sort out our relationship with ourselves we can't sort it out with our partner and if we can't sort out this uh domestic living situation how are we meant to sort out our neighborhood our country how are we meant to sort mm. out the world that's like, what i was gonna say so would time. you say would you say based on what you obviously you know obviously teach your clients as well that you really need to love yourself in order to love your partner in terms of a woman i i think the word like loving yourself for, for a man i it's very difficult to understand this word mm. and i think it also can incline too much into the self yeah. you know the man is the container for the woman for the relationship and the woman gives him love because if a man loves himself too much mm. um there's not that much space for anyone else but i think it's more the word is to develop a relationship with yourself to mm. build self-trust um, and to begin to listen more to yourself so you make the right decisions for your relationship, for your family, um, instead of being sort of distracted by the outside noise because we have so much outside noise that is really deteriorating our rela relationships. Yeah. Even, you know, when Facebook came on mm. the scene, you know, relationships were ruined from this external perspectives, yeah. right? I think we're very much batting on a very difficult wicket when it comes to relationships in 2023 in this generation. Um, you know, there's so much more 
external factors. And I think social media is just evil when it comes to relationships. <laughs> um, and it will be. It'll get even more challenging. And I think that's why, you know, the, the, the true relationships and the ones that do work out will just put in that extra effort. Um, but we'll also understand the, the aspect of being able to cultivate a connection. I think you can have that connection there, mm-hmm. but it, you need to constantly cultivate it and, you know, grow with it. Otherwise, yeah. that... It's rift, like going to the gym. If you stop yeah, going, you're not going to exactly. keep so, your body, right? Exactly. It's so I think if, you know, both people in a relationship identify that it is always going to be constant mm-hmm. work, then I think you'll thrive if you just kind of become stagnant and you're comfortable get into that comfortable zone which i felt is what happened in in my relationship um there is going to be at least one dissatisfied person within the relationship and i think that is always going to be a cause of concern so yeah look nothing great ever comes out of a you know if you don't put in the effort so i think for a relationship to thrive you've got to put in the effort a hundred percent. And that's so why I'm so proud. Um, anytime a man reaches out to me on social media asking, you know, about the program, sharing what he's going through, even if it's just to share, because that can help to understand where you're at as well. Some men don't even verbalize it to anyone or to themselves. So just sharing can, you know, start to, um, I guess, clear up what's going on for them. But the men who do do this kind of work, Um, the first thing that I tell them is um, how much I appreciate what they're doing because um, the work that they do isn't just about themselves. It's not just about their relationship or just their family. They're really changing um, consciousness. They're raising their consciousness. They're really changing the world. And the work that they do is going to impact their community, their kids, everyone for years and years to come. So, um, yeah, I I think it's amazing that men are – starting to do this work and yeah i'm very proud of them so you should be proud of what you do and i guess how can how can men out there kind of reach out to you what do they have to do to get in touch and what's what's the steps to kind of you know take that first step to them you know embracing a relationship that's loving and caring and you know going to fulfill their life for the rest of their lives how can they get in touch yeah so they can connect with me on linkedin just under my name sasha fedorovsky um or at my instagram i even have a tiktok account now and they can just reach out they can send me a dm i'm a real human i answer all the texts myself um yeah and we can just have a conversation and start to understand what is going on for them to shed some lights Um, and then if they want to they can learn a little bit more about the mind heart method um, and understand how it can help them amazing thank you so much sasha